Hi, everyone that's listening to this. Welcome to a very special episode. I said episode. (laughs) Episode (laughs) of Chris X. Claire Experience. Uh, We're pre-recording this um, just because we have some prior obligations, and so we won't be able to go live. Um, But but we did not want to miss any episodes like we did last time, and so we're here today. Um, cause we don't have an audience might be a little more somber, a little more serious, but that's okay because, you know, I'm sure craziness and chaos will still come out of it as always. We can't help ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as always, I want to thank my co-host Chris Garcia for joining today, being here. I also want to shout out to Remington who's still haunting. He, he, he don't play no games. You know, nope, he, he doesn't. Yeah, but don't hate the player. Hit the game. <laughs> yep. Shout out Remy. He's, <laughs> he's there somewhere. Um, Yeah. And shout out to, I think, Icarus is chilling yes. somewhere in the room. He'll probably mm-hmm. make an appearance at some point. Yeah. Icarus the cat. Uh, Yeah. So today, um, me and Chris were actually talking for probably about like 20 minutes, even before this, <laughs> before the recording. And it's like. Maybe I should have pressed record earlier. I don't know. Maybe we should have just got going early. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, just free-forming it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. So, I think today we're going to talk about, like, uh, parents slash parenthood, stuff like that. Um, kind of doing a little bit of deep dive into stuff. You know, when I think about not just, like, my own parents, but just parenting in general, like, it's such a big deal. I think that. we touched upon this a little bit in our last episode when we were talking about like adoption and the foster system and stuff like that. And how, um, you know, kids in the foster system, like you have to pay all this money and pass, you know, house inspections and all this stuff just to be able to adopt kids. And yet someone, um, who's not looking to adopt can just, you know, biologically have a kid and there's no checks, there's no applications, there's no nothing. And they could be in like the worst conditions ever. And it's just like, you have like all these different kids and all these different households. And and it's like fascinating to me because when I think about being a parent, it's like you are the sum of generations of upbringing and environment and where your parents lived. If you were the child of an immigrant, like you are bringing all that culture, all that, uh, the good and the bad baggage and the, the, the rich traditions and all this stuff with you. If you grew up in an abusive household, if you grew up in a, a shiny, clean, everyone loved each other household, either way, you are taking all the good and bad with you. And that's fascinating because no person is an Island and you have ripple effects uh, throughout society and stuff. And so me and Chris going to do some talking about it today and just, you know, just get into it. So I don't know before, do you have anything to say, Chris, as I go to you as soon, right when you're drinking? <laughs> you you pulled the server on me. Like whenever your mouth is full of food and the server walks by, like, how is it? You're like, it's the Warriors. Can I get some ranch? Like, you know, like, you're... <laughs> No, um, no, this is definitely like an important conversation. And I think you and I have talked a lot about breaking generational curses. Yeah. Um, so this is going to be a good episode. It's going to be a hard one, but I think, I think it's going to be good. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> I know, right? It's like I know. It's, I don't have like pre notes at the at the moment, but um, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, um, it was it was interesting to me um, that that this part doesn't really have so much to do with parenting, but there is a link. Um, growing up in the church that I did, there was a very clear distinction between like believers and outsiders, right? And so in a way the church taught me at a young age to judge others, like to really look at other people outside of the church and right. like, what are they doing wrong? Why are they in sin? Oh, they are like an alcoholic because not just because they didn't come to Jesus it's because of this, this, and this, you know, like, and, and, and over time, as you grow, you learn, like, you know, things are a lot more complicated than that. There are right. reasons why people are the way they are. And so when I think about, um, you know, my own parents, for example, uh, you know, and they, they, they're like any human being, they're not perfect. Um, I recognize that, they are the sum of their parts. They are the sum of the upbringing that they have. I won't like divulge crazy personal stuff, you know, but because um, they're still around. Uh, but I will say that uh, my father in particular had a very rough upbringing, um, you know, single mom, um, multiple kids, uh, uh, inner city, poverty, all that stuff. Right. And so that, that just on the, <laughs> on the outset is going to have an effect on you, your growth as an adult and even how you raise your kids, you know, good, bad, and everything in between. And then my mother, she grew up in a, I'm going to say, um, somewhat strange religious household, <laughs> somewhat like it wasn't like hardcore, but it was like, they had, they had some, they had some strange things and there was kind of like a patriarchy like the the grant my grandfather was right. definitely the head and and stuff like that um but i would say objectively my mom had it a lot better than my father um and so growing up my father was definitely the disciplinarian my mother was mm -hmm. more of the um you know nurturer. yeah yeah she was more of the nurturer and so it'd be kind of funny because my dad uh, when we would get older, he'd be like, "Oh my gosh, I'm always the bad guy. Like I'm always, <laughs> always the, I'm always the bad guy." And it's like, I mean, yeah, it's just, yeah, you know, it's not. <laughs> it's like it just came with the territory, you know. Mom doesn't do any. I think she like spanked me once, and it didn't mm -hmm. even hurt. I was like a kid, and right, and I, I I cried not because it hurt. It was just like, I mean, my mom's so mad. She she spanked me. Yeah, it's just like. <laughs> Mom gets you with the disappointment, you know. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. You're like, no, oh, that's no. worse. <laughs> no, be that's... mad at me. Be angry. I know that's not better. <laughs> Here's the belt, please. <laughs> please hit me. <laughs> please hit me. Then, then I'll be forgiven. <laughs> Growing up, things that I hated, nap times and spanking. Now that I'm an adult, things that I like, nap times and spanking. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Show me the lie. <laughs> Gesture toward the lie. <laughs> Where is the... I find it. I think it's hidden behind that painting. <laughs> it's, it's somewhere. I don't I don't see it, but it's somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, tell tell me a little bit about, about your side of the things. 
Oh, oof. Um, most of them. Where's the button? <laughs> Emotional damage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So outside of the religion part of it, that I've told, I've kind of mentioned in earlier episodes that I was raised with like three corresponding branches of Christianity that are all kind of really hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> like um, Catholicism, uh, Pentecostal, and Apostolic and Apostolic is Old Testament based Christians. Mm-hmm. Um. So I grew up in that. Uh, my childhood was really unorthodox when it came to my parents. So there was actually a 25-year age gap between my mom and my dad. 25. Um, 25 years. Uh, my dad was... Let me give you an exact number. Oh, man. So my mom was 38 when I was born. So she was at, like, the end of the period where she should have been able to have children. Oh, wow. Um, my dad was 63 when I was born. When I was a child. When I was, a, when wow. I was born. So that's um, super set in the ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. And while my mom was pregnant with me, or right before, I'm not quite sure. She, I don't know if she ever actually told me. My dad had had a stroke. And it had partially paralyzed the left side, I believe, of his body. Um, so, like, his arm was, like, stuck like this, like, curled up like mm. this. He walked with a limp. Like, one side of his face was kind of, like, droopy a little bit. Mm. Um, so, from the time that I was born, like, there are pictures of my dad holding me with, like, his one arm, his one good arm. Right. Um. And I remember that my mom had told me, you know, that, you know, the doctors were kind of worried about her having a child at her age. And she was also morbidly obese and had health problems. And they were like, you know, you we're really concerned about that. It might not be good for your body or the baby. Um, and my mom had already had, I think, four or five miscarriages leading up to me. So they were like, you have a risk of this. Like, this is probably like a lot of strain you're putting on your body. I wouldn't recommend trying to have a kid. Yeah. Um. And she was like, well, I want to have a baby of my own. <laughs> so so screw whatever it is that you're saying. Uh, mm-hmm. And please know that she was also helping my dad raise his other daughter, um, my half-sister. So, like, she already technically had a kid right. in her, but she wanted something of her own. Gotcha. Um, I was born, like, three and a half, three months, two, two or three months early, like, really early. Um, and actually like made headlines in the paper of the city that I was born in because they couldn't believe that I made it. Uh, uh I still have the newspaper clipping somewhere where I was like called a miracle baby in the paper because they were like, there's no reason this kid should make it. Like she should have something wrong with her. Like she's going to have developmental problems or she's going to have some type of like genetic problem or a learning disorder or something's not going to be quite right with her. Um, I was in the hospital for like a year after I was born because it was 96. So I didn't have all the technology they have now. Mm -hmm. So like they were just kind of ventilated me to keep me going and like moved my legs and arms themselves to get my muscle mass going because I was so tiny. I was like a pound and something when I was born. Oh, wow. Um, and then I got to go home and there are like pictures of this little teeny tiny baby 
and I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that's literally when it started. Like it started going downhill from there because both of my parents were, you know, disabled and my dad was elderly and disabled. Right. So like I don't have early childhood memories of playing with my of my with my parents. I have early childhood memories of taking care of them. Oh jeez. Like I was looking through pictures of um like a photo album I found while cleaning up my mom's room. And I'm like, holy shit, my mom is standing up on her own. Like, she's not, she's like, in a picture, she's, like, walking through the kitchen, and she's, like, holding, like, a bag of, like, a cup of flour in one hand and, like, something else in the other. And I was like, where's her cane? Where's her walker? But I look, like, instant anxiety because I was like, how is she standing on her own? Where's her things to help her stand? And then I was like, wait, she probably didn't need that back back then because I don't remember my mom walking without assistance at all. Oh. Um. <clears throat> she always had a cane or a walker or a wheelchair, or if she could walk, it wasn't very far. It was like ten feet, and then she was done. Like walking out of the house, down the steps, across the porch, like across like the sidewalk and into the car, was a thirty-minute feat, and I had to hold her hand to make sure she didn't fall. Wow. Um, yeah. So that's a that childhood is rough yeah and i also had another family member who lived with me my aunt who was the apostolic and she was also disabled uh so all three people that raised me had like debilitating illnesses that made them disabled my dad was half paralyzed and he was old like whenever i was 10 he was 73. right um and i remember uh my mom like coming to pick me up from school and my dad would be with her and he'd be waiting outside the car from, for me and people would be like, Oh, your grandpa is here or Chris, your grandpa is here. And I'd be like, no, that's my dad. Like I remember going out in public with both my parents and people were like, Oh, look at those grandparents raising their granddaughter. <laughs> and I'm like, no, nope. <laughs> that, no, <laughs> like, those are my parents. <laughs> I have like virtually no recollection of my childhood because it was like so traumatic. But the things I remember are so ridiculously <clears throat> small. Like I remember we were in a Walmart checkout line and a woman had commented that I was a very well-behaved grandchild. And my mom got so pissed. She was like, that's my daughter. She's actually my daughter. And I was like, please stop. Like, please stop. Why are you getting so shitty? Like, please stop. Like, right. you, you're in a, you're in one of those little scooter carts with gray hair. Like, you look old as shit. Like, I love you to death, but, like, you look like an old woman. Yeah. <laughs> like, people are going to assume that you're my grandparent because parents, like, walk with their kids. And I was, like, I pushed my mom in her wheelchair to my graduation. Oh, my God. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I can only imagine, like, as you got older, you were like, I need to live. Like, I need to, like, experience things and be more free. And, but how do you? Mm. I, yeah. So, my mom passed away last July. And, mm -hmm. um, I literally still wake up out of a dead sleep to run downstairs to check on her. Like, I still hear her calling, like, my mom would be like, it's one of the reasons that I don't go by Christina is because I, I hear her screaming for me in my sleep, and it's my whole name. It's Christina, Chris, Chris, Christina, I need you, Chris, that whole statement. 
Mm. And I literally still hear it. Like I literally just got cold chills on my arms. I remember being like nine and 10, like in the kitchen cooking and she would be calling for me for help because she needed me. And I would have to like turn the flame down on the stove, go help my mom go back to cooking. Dang. Like, huh. so I, I didn't know how to do anything. Like I always got, I never went to stay at my friend's house. If I did, I would call my mom and check on her to make sure she was okay. Like dad was okay. Um, when I was at school, I kept my ringer on. So in case she needed me, she could call me. Cause I, I've always lived in walking distance from my house. Like my, my school was like walking distance, Like mm-hmm. I walked to and from school. So when my mom needed me, I could pack my shit up, tell the teacher I was leaving and be home in 20 minutes. My mom didn't come pick me up from school. I walked home and got home quickly to make sure she was okay. Mm. My goodness. Like the picture you're painting for me, I'm just like, <sighs> like <laughs> it's just like, oh my God, Chris. Um, oh my God. One yeah. of the most stressful things actually that I remember was, so you know, like when your kids are young, mm-hmm. um, but um, how old are you? <laughs> I'm 37. Okay. Did you really? What'd you think? Daddy, you look fine. Can I just say first off? Thank- like, okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you. So, I how you every geek. everyone says that though. They're like, no wow. way. Wow. Okay. So how old are you? Well, I'm 26. No, you're really? Oh, okay. I didn't. Yeah, I'm yeah <laughs> people that usually think i'm either a little bit younger or a little bit older than i am there's it's never right like nobody ever it's guesses never, it right i thought you were a little younger actually yeah most people think i'm younger either way younger or way older there's no mm. in between um so i don't know if you had to do this in high school but for us like during orientation of us like signing up to high school we had to have like papers for our parents to sign and stuff like that mm-hmm. and at that point let's see how old was i my mom had just gotten like really sick like she had gotten to the point where like her knees no longer bent when she walked like she walked stiff-legged like that like she hardly ever left the house um very very rarely left the house it was again an hour-long process getting from the front door to the car and she was like well you know the high school is only like 15 minutes away so i really don't feel good why don't you just walk down there and for three hours, I went back and forth getting the forms from school. And I was like, hey, my mom actually isn't here with me. And she's at my house. But I live like 10 minutes away. So I'm just going to walk home to her and sign them and bring them back. And they were like, we have to be able to see your mom. Like she has to, we have to witness that you're not forging these papers. Yeah. So I called her on the phone and they talk, and she talked to him and explained the situation. So I spent three and a half hours walking to and from the school in my house my mom could sign the forms for me to be able to do these classes mm-hmm. and i was just like man everybody else's parents are like shaking their hands with the teachers and like oh this is going to be your classroom this is going to be your locker like this is going to oh i'm so excited for you and i had like sweat rolling down my face from like walking to and from the school in my house so my mom could sign these papers so i could go to school Mm. Dang. that almost made me cry that was rough <laughs> oh, no. that was that was really rough <laughs> oh my goodness I, um, yeah 
that is that is rough. I know it's like I don't even know what to say. Disclaimer like, that I'm not saying that older people can't have children because you can. Mm-hmm. Not the issue was was that my parents were older and in really poor health. Right. Like you can be I don't give a shit. Like you just told me you're 37 and I witnessed you like yesterday like playing with your kids. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't a thing for me. <laughs> So <laughs> that wasn't a thing. <laughs> uh, for me, like, like because you're in good enough shape, you could do that. Like, you can go play ball with your kids, or go yeah. like walk the dog, or like I don't know, like bend down and pick up your child, and not fall on the floor, and have to call nine one one. You know, it's always like, like we- it's always like weird to me because I'll I'll see people that are way younger than me, and they have like problems. And I'm just like, and they're like, oh, like I'm hitting 30. Oh, this is bad. And I'm just like, I'm closer to 40. And right. I f- feel pretty good. <laughs> like fine. I don't really have yeah. health issues, you know, and stuff. And it's like, I mean, I, I mean, I need to lose more weight, but but I still like work out like a lot. And my problem is I just eat too many carbs. So like I, I work out a lot. I actually like love working out. Um, I'm pretty strong, but it's just ate too many carbs so i just i don't know i'm just big carbs are some of the best things in life buddy just let it go i know (laughs) it's gonna be fine i'm trying i'm trying i was i was i'm trying but um but yeah i i don't know yeah i I hear you about the age though and stuff like that but the way the way i the way i kind of look at it though is like if you look at like statistics and like people like statistically on average where people's like lives are usually like by the time you're hitting your like your 40s, those should be like prime of your life kind of thing, um, because you've already like usually established yourself at a job, or you usually like if you did have kids, they're older now, so you're out of that, you know, crying and all that stuff stage. And then I don't know, like like statistics. So for me, and then again, I didn't even like really like I tell people I didn't even become who I am, like the actual me until about like three or four years ago so right like uh, up until fine. then i was living other people's lives like i was i was like an npc i was like same <laughs> they they were the adventurer they were the que- one on the quest and i was like the merchant with the the given script being right. like how are you today yes you may buy my wares like that was <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like <laughs> so so now I get to go on my own adventure. And so, you know, for me, even though I'm 37, I tell people it's I'm really only like four years old because like I'm only like yeah. four. Like because I all that was not that was not me. That was not Quinn. I feel all. that. So I feel that hard. And I and I think <laughs> to like tie it back into the topic, I think that kind of goes into par- like parenting a lot as well, because I think there's like this, there's this pull between what you want what society wants like and expects of you and then what you feel is your duty to your kid what do you pass on to them um what will be the legacy like for me like some people talk about legacy is um passing on their name um i hear like a lot of like my guy friends and stuff they'll say they'll have a kid and they'll be like i'm happy or they'll have a son or something, which is, is odd in 2022 to be saying this, but <laughs> they'll have like a son and they'll be like, you know, my name gets passed on. My legacy gets passed on, 
you know? And I, I always found that odd because I'm like, well, they can change their name. They might decide not to have kids. There's like a whole host of things that could happen. Yeah. To me, legacy, and this is just a personal opinion, but to me, legacy is the principles and values that you pass on to your children that actually right. withstand the test of time. So like right. a parent can teach you like the, like they'd say like, Chris, here are the values that you need to know. This is what you should do in life. If you grow up and you reject them, then you're like that. Those parts of your legacy as a parent did not withstand the test of time. Right. It was rejected. So that means future generations of those kids, they're probably not going to pass on those values that you thought were so important. Right. You know, I think true legacy is being like, you're passing on something to your children. The children see the value of it. They see how it works and then they pass it on and so on and so on. Mm -hmm. And so, and so like we were talking a little bit earlier about like gr growing up about around um, people that you, you see the, the more negative things like what not to do and stuff and there's like value in that you know like there's i mean I, I someone once said like oh um like you're you're judging if you're okay so what happened was i was in a discussion with me and my cousins and we would we did this for like years we'd basically like talk about the adults in our life what they're doing, what what we think they could improve on, and why they got to the way they are. And these are in a lot of these cases are adults that would either they have admitted or probably would admit like they're not where they want to be in life. Right. You know what I mean? Like if one is like, I don't know, drinking too much or one is, you know, not doesn't even have their own place or something like that. It would just be like if you ask them like would you love to have your own place or would you love to like, I don't know, have a better job or something like that? Odds are they probably would say yes, statistically, you know? Right. And so, and so, you know, someone um, found out about our talks, even though we'd been doing this for years and they were like, they were like, like Quinn, you can't be like sitting around talking around judging people and stuff. And I was like, no, like you, you weren't there, That we're not sitting there for gossip we're mm -hmm. sitting there literally so we can be better people like because if we don't learn from our prior generation's mistakes we're just going to repeat them you know and so <laughs> it was like kind of a it was kind of an awkward conversation but <laughs> like us talking about that but i'm trying to explain to the person unsuccessfully that <laughs> that i'm like we're, we're we're literally trying to learn we're literally trying to learn it's like i know like the adults in these cases are telling us one thing but it can't all be the correct answer if their own lives are not even what they right. want it to be so right. that so what is the right answer if they don't know it then who does know it because in the area that we were around it's not like there was a we i don't know we live in this day and age where there's not like a lot of like mentors and guides and like mm -hmm. you you hear you read like stories about like the like the old chief or shaman or mm -hmm. or village elder uh that passes on wisdom you hear about cultures talking about like oh we value our old people and they pass on like I, that doesn't really happen in america from no. at least 
in the parts that I've grown up in. No, you're right. Do you see that at all? Do you see that at all? I don't. No. Like, you have the people who value their grandparents, and it's like, oh, that's my mamma, that's my papa. Mm-hmm. But no. Like, America overall is just like, you're old and useless. Let's go put you in a home. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm, yeah. Which I'm not... I'm not saying it's not always the answer because, like, there comes to a point in time where you can't take care of it. I have a huge, like, thought process on that. Right. Um, in other cultures, like Japan, for ex- ex- example, elders are so incredibly important. Like, you you make room in your home for your parent to come live with you once they are old and you take care of them. And you learn from them. And, you know, be like, your elders are such an important part of your culture but I also feel like in America that one of the reasons that it's that we do things we kind of the way that we that we do is our old people a lot of the time kind of suck. Yeah, they're yeah. really racist or really homophobic or abusive or terrible people. And I was talking to a friend of mine the other day about this whole conversation, and like I remember my mom and my aunt telling me stories about people in their family that they wouldn't leave like you didn't leave uncle george alone with kids mm. and they would just keep going and it's like wait hold up wait so no, 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 uncle george is a pedophile <laughs> right wait, hold on no you don't get to just be like mm. or you know uncle uncle jeffrey you know would be a little weird with me sometimes but eh. no no uncle jeffrey was a pedophile right like you have to be a but that wasn't a thing those weren't words that were used it was just that's your weird uncle or put your pa- or put on longer pants. Uncle George is coming over, so like that. That's the generation that in this area, at least, I don't know if it's like that all over, mm-hmm. um, all over the country. But that's the generation that we have as elders. Yeah. So they so they suck. Right. <laughs> and I and I, I think like the fact that I think you hit on a good point too, talking about like the differences in the culture as well. So, like, you might look at Japan and be like, oh, well, they treat their elders so well. They're Kind of like what you, you're you um, pointing to. There's probably a reason for that. Like, the culture is designed. People. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the elders might actually have, like, valid things to say. And I'm not saying all elders, you know, in, in America don't. But, like, right. there's this thing. There's this weird thing where it's like, I'm of a certain age. Therefore, I know a lot of stuff. And it's like that's not true at all, like right. at all. Like you, you've experienced your experience, and you have anecdotal evidence. Like mm-hmm. you, you, it doesn't mean anything, you know. And I just, <laughs> um, oh, I had a thought, but it trailed off. <laughs> but yeah, in America, it, it is it is different, and um. My brain today. It's okay. <laughs> it's one of those days. I know. It is one. Of, it's just one of those days. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because I even even like um in the in the church I grew up like age was such a big thing too. You know, talking about like just um, you know, obey those that rule that have the rule over you, honor your mother and father, all that good stuff. Talking about like you know, there was this whole thing like, oh, you're young. You don't, you don't know anything and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But yet I'm grateful 
in a weird way that I live in the age of like the internet and, and podcasts and all like podcast. I can't even stress to you how much podcasts have taught me so much. Like I can literally listen to people that are in all these different fields and different jobs and professions and, and, and are like the top of their game. And how did they get there? What do, what do, how do they treat life? How do they treat their children? I can listen, like, I, I probably listen to about four hours of podcasts a day, like between working, doing dishes, yeah. all that good stuff. And like, I'm learning so much from those people that came before me far more than I did like personal social circles mm-hmm. um, that of, of the older generation. And it's not to knock the, that older generation and say like, Oh, like you got, you guys have nothing to say. Like, that's not true. It's no, just it's that it's just that there's a big difference between someone who grew, someone who grew up in their area versus well, I want to also hear the experience of someone that grew up in another country, another class, another right. race, another... Make me think. Give me a thought process that I haven't had before. Like, give me a yes. perspective. Help me learn. I, I've always uh, said to people, if I don't understand something, I want to learn more about it. I try really hard not to judge people <laughs> or mm-hmm. judge, like, situations or things until I can kind of get in depth. Like, there are certain things that, you know, I don't make exceptions for. Right. But in, in general, I'm like, wow, I haven't thought of it like that. Let me learn more about that so I can understand. Yeah. Um, because I don't know everything. I don't claim to know everything. I've lived a pretty constrained existence for the most part. So I'm just now kind of branching out and exploring things I've wanted to explore. And like, I didn't even know what podcasts were. I didn't. And then all of a sudden you were like, hey, we should do this. And I was like, cool. I'm like Googling, what is podcast? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Please send help. And like. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to put you on, Chris. I I don't, I don't know anything. I just, I just don't. Um, Yeah. So that I 100% understand what you're saying. I get, I get different perspectives from all kinds of people. Right. And, and that's why to a degree, um, I can understand somewhat of where parents are coming from, particularly of the past generation, because this is pre-internet, pre-social mm-hmm. media, globalization mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Like you literally just have, you're growing up in a community. Most people don't move from their community anyways. Mm-hmm. And then you're growing up in a community and all you can hear about is what's on the TV or the radio, what's mm-hmm. in your local newspaper mm-hmm. and the people around you who mm-hmm. know not much more than you do in a way. Right. And so you guys kind of all just talk and feed off each other and double down on like, yeah, this tradition or belief is right because my neighbors do it. My local pastor does it. My local newspaper says it's cool. Right. We all do it. And then you find out <laughs> like in these days about like, yeah, human, like there's tribes in the Amazon forest that have not even seen modern civilization. And you're just like, okay. I So if I like met them, like I can't, and, and they could understand me perfectly, like the way I'm speaking, how do you even begin to have a conversation? Like right. either way. They feel like, like you're I, in a different world. Like, yeah. like I wouldn't I wouldn't believe you. I think you're full of shit. 
Right. <laughs> exactly. I'd be like, you said that there's what? With right. a what? A tiny little glass and I can see stuff through it? Why would I want to do that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> what is this witchcraft? You know. Right. I mean? Yeah. It's like, and, and people only, it's like you don't know what you don't know. I mean, I, I, I watch like a ton of documentaries and I'll read about cultures where like, one one was like fascinating where like the women i think i've mentioned this before but where like the women were like completely in charge and the guys like took raised the children in the village mm -hmm. and the women just went off and worked and handled all the politics and business and then they would come home and just basically be like you sleeping with you okay all right right out my face like <laughs> yeah and the guys were just like the child the child uh bears and stuff like that and just like i don't know you'll read about just like the different the way cultures are it's it's just there's so much stuff that's so different that it's hard to be an adult like even now like me being a parent for me to go to my child and be like this is the way it is period you know like mo in most cases i'm more like like what do you think about this here's that's like good. some statistics i don't know what do you think about like not even like Based on the statistics, there's a clear answer. It's kind of like, well, what do you think? Like, I don't know. Give me your thoughts because you have different thought processes than me. You have different opinions than me. I want to know what it is. Oh, that and that's the thing too. There, everyone processes differently as well. Some people are a little more intuitive. Some people are a little more sensory. You know, some people are more extroverted, introverted. Some people are more organized. Some people need a little less less organization like everyone yeah. is so different in the way they process the world so like <laughs> i remember talking to charles about this and he was like um because we were talking about he was like trying to explain to me about how we need to have like kindness for everyone i'm not saying like <laughs> i wasn't being kind to someone but just like right he wasn't like, scolding you going quentin yeah you need to be you need to be nice no you not like that mean. Sticker he, is. <laughs> oh yeah there he is stretching but yeah um he's talking basically about like in every situation like to show kindness or whatever and i was like okay so what's what's like an example and he was like okay like say someone like cut you off in traffic and like tailboned your car and <laughs> they were completely in the wrong you might your initial reaction might be like you know f them or whatever <laughs> or something like that getting angry Fight you <laughs> But perhaps they had a bad day. Perhaps they were dodging a turtle or something. Perhaps they, I don't know. He was giving me a list of reasons. And then, you know, I'm coming debating with him, like my own view. I'm like, yeah, that's interesting. But at the same time, everyone processes differently too. Mm -hmm. So like that may be true, but I might be like, well, in any case, you still need to like watch where you're going. Like what if, what if instead of tailboning me, that person had hit a child or something, mm -hmm. then the narrative changes completely mm -hmm. and people listening to the story have different views on it, you know? So where, as before, they might be like, hey, Charles, I see where you're coming from. That's interesting. They'd be like, oh, like they killed a child. It's like, okay, there's no excuse. You know, like, so it's- <laughs> You do better. <laughs> Get good. <laughs> Get good better. Get good now. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like that meme you see where someone's looking at a six, the number six, and then there's the other person standing on the other side, and they're like, no, it's, it's nine. nine. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like, 
you just see it differently. And, and I do so, that with Charles yeah. sometimes. Oh, we'll really? be like in the car and somebody will be pissing them off while, you, while they're driving. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, maybe it's an old person. Maybe it's somebody learning to drive for the first time. Maybe they're learning to drive stick. Right. Like, I, I have Tourette's and I really struggle with driving. I actually don't drive because of part of it's because of my Tourette's. And I was like, what if, what if that was me? Like, I'm going to get a piece of paper that says I have Tourette's please be patient with me and stick it on the back of my car whenever mm -hmm. I do start driving so that people hopefully will give me a little bit more grace. Cause I know I'm going to struggle. I know that I'm going to probably have to pull over at random and just freak out. I yeah. know that I'm going to, I'm going to be overwhelmed with my anxiety. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to not turn on my turn signal and having somebody be like, wow, like they're trying right. and not just be pissed at me because I suck, you know, will would marginally make me feel better. Right. Maybe instead of driving by me and flipping me off, they drive by me and give me one of these. They're like, you're doing okay. And I'm like, no, my thanks. No. <laughs> I'm not. Oh, no. <laughs> you're so sweet. Thank you for being so sweet. <laughs> so, yeah. that. So then, like, thinking about all that and, like, even talking about the grace that you mentioned and stuff, then it it gets... So, so like when I think about like, um, you know, like whether I'm parenting or even my own parents, you know, it's complicated and stuff like that. It gets complicated because you're just like, like say in your case, you might look back and, and you might be like, you know, you, you obviously have your take on your parents, no matter what it is, that's your take. And, and, and there's this weird mix of like, yeah, I understand that, you know, they grew up, they might've grown up this way and they were older in this, but at the same time, there's no excuse for being this way. It's like this weird right. mix of like, you get to a point where yeah. it's, it's the line down the middle. It's, I understand, but yes. didn't have to approach it that way. You didn't, and I'm, I'm not like that in traffic all the time. There are times that I get pissed at stupid people. Mm -hmm. But like sometimes it's a give and take for sure. You have to, you can't always, we, we should try, but, some, but we're human and you can't always try to see the brighter side or better side of things. Sometimes you're just like, no, that was wrong. There's yeah. no excuse for that. Yeah. And, so, and my dad, no yeah. excuse for it. Sorry. Trash mm -hmm. person. Can't convince me otherwise. Sorry about it. Right. And, and, and it's like, yeah, it's like how much how much grace do you give? You know what I mean? Like at a certain point, it gets so ridiculous that you're just like, oh my god! Like, because <laughs> then you're allowing toxicity. Like at some point, whenever you're sitting there and you're like, oh, well, it's okay because X, Y, and Z, they probably didn't mean it. Or for for my mom, every time that she tried to excuse something unexcusable that my dad would do, mm -hmm. she'd be like, oh, well, it's because he had to stroke. He wasn't like this before he got sick. I understand that. That sucks. I don't care. Like he's conscious of the things that he's saying. Mm -hmm. He's conscious of the things that he's doing. Right. He is aware that he is doing something that he shouldn't be doing. Right. Like, there was no reason for him to hit me like that. I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> right. And that's the killer too, because no matter how much an, uh, uh, an adult will act one way, like with a child or something like that, and they're like, oh, you know, this is me or, you know, that I can't basically like I can't control. I can't filter or whatever. 
they definitely do in front of others though that they deem more authoritative or or Ooh. higher than them Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like you've seen it you've seen the, uh, it yes icarus i know like the <laughs> he's he's like mom <laughs> yeah. um no the uh the thought that boils down to abuse and narcissism because people are like, oh, well, you have an anger problem. You can't help it. If you have an anger problem and you can't help it, it doesn't matter who you are in front of. They get that yes. anger. Whenever yes. you are able to control when and where you let it slip out, you do not have an anger problem. You are a narcissist. You are abusive and you're manipulative because you can control when and where you do it. Exactly. My dad didn't have anger problems because he only hit me when my mom wasn't around. Right. Never laid his hands on me in front of her exactly so therefore he knew damn well what he was doing wasn't okay because mm -hmm. he never did it in front of somebody who would have scolded him for it exactly exactly there should Sorry. be no no discriminate no discrimination Sorry. no exactly yep that's that's the thing that's the thing that would always kill me with with, with seeing adults doing that and stuff it'd be like you can talk one way to me but i bet if it was like pastor or bishop oh all of a sudden they're so nice they'd never slip up oh mm -hmm. they never would say certain things and i'm just like i'm like this is ridiculous mm -hmm. like again going back to that authenticity like don't don't do this don't be one way with me and one way with others you know there are very few times when i tone myself down I tone myself down a little around Charles's grandparents because they're older mm -hmm. and I respect them. So look, I don't cuss in front of them. Right. And I, I'm more, a little bit more mindful of the way that I word things around them, mm -hmm. but I'm still myself. Right. Like I'm not changing. I'm not being somebody entirely different. Right. Well, I, 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 well, I admire that about you, you know, and I'm still working on that too. Um, uh, you know, every, oh, almost, almost every day, I'm like reminding myself about that number one regret about, you know, there's like five regrets that everyone has on their deathbed. And the number one is I wish I would have lived the life I wanted to live and not for others. That is the number one regret Same. for human beings. Same. <laughs> <laughs> that is number one and so here just reading that and i only like read that like relatively recently maybe like a year ago um reading that i'm just like okay remind you like i got gotta remind myself no matter what fear no matter what whatever you're feeling toward a certain decision or something like that like live your life live your life like don't because otherwise you're going to be on your deathbed and just be like what was all that for like why did i live right what was the point yeah what did i do that for and it's a weird thing because even as a kid you're like doing everything right that you can you're able to and you know you, for what though it's not like you get like a special prize guess what you stuck with it for 20 years you were the perfect daughter perfect son uh guess what we're gonna pay for the rest of your life or you get a brand new house or you get a you don't get anything except other people and running you over have you crippling depression <laughs> <laughs> Woo! 
Now you have unhealthy coping mechanisms you don't do in front of your family. <laughs> now you can't now you can't communicate properly because you're trying to avoid confrontation. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> like I think I mean you and I have talked about the fact that I didn't start being myself really until I don't know, just a few years ago, really. Yeah. Um, like I, I tried breaking out of it whenever I went to college, and college was such a dark time for me that that didn't really help. Um, that's when I got my DID diagnosis, and I was away from my family for the first time. And uh, oh, also as a side note, uh, while my freshman year of college, I hadn't been in college six months i don't think and mm -hmm. i found out that my mom had fallen and broken her neck oh. but she didn't know that she broken her neck because she was so overweight that the like weight like the fat on her shoulders and her neck like held together so Ooh. she was just walking around on a broken neck going wow man my head hurts my back hurts my neck hurts and then one day like her hands were turning blue and she couldn't feel her fingers and she was like oh that's weird and then she went to the doctor. They were like, dude, <laughs> what what happened to you? Um, so like, so that, and then I, I got the job that I have now. And it really took that job for me to kind of break out of who I was painting myself as, this quiet, timid, scared of the world person. I mean, it doesn't help that I was terrified of the world because the whole like, we're gonna go darker for a second the whole notion the whole notion of the world is bad and people will hurt you like wasn't just a notion for me like ever since i had been a kid that was a very harsh reality right. um because people will hurt you yep. people will hurt you mindlessly and for no reason and there won't be a, a rhyme to it or wrong place literally wrong place wrong time you happen to be unfortunate and that was something that i knew very well so i knew the world was big and dark and scary and it wasn't only big and dark and scary but i was also alone i had no one um the best friend that i had gone to college with abandoned me um i had got a diagnosis for a disorder that i wasn't prepared for whatsoever and had nobody to comfort me and broke up with my boyfriend uh my emotionally manipulative and abusive boyfriend uh, that i've been with for five years so all of high school and I was completely alone. Um, and didn't really even have time to discover myself because that was survival mode. Right. That was, you just got to make it through this kid. Like you just got to keep pushing. Um, I think I told you that college I was one of the times I tried to kill myself because I was just like, I can't deal with this too much. I can't. Um, and then came back home from college, started working instead, dove myself into working, just divulged myself into everything that I could to not think about all the things in my head. And then found the job that I'm at now and made a couple of friends. And it's, I've been with that job since, this will be year eight. So eight years I have actually been actually more like seven or six because at first i wasn't at all so maybe five or six years that i've been unapologetically myself mm. was it um, was it like a slow process or was there a trigger oh it or... was slow for sure mm. um because at my job i think if we, you even go back and like ask one of my friends kayla is one of my best friends in life who's known me since the beginning of that 
Yeah. The person that I was then is not the person that I am now. Like, be perfect. Be the it's it's the it's the Mulan song. The be a perfect daughter type yep. situation, be a perfect everything for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I was so scared and so jumpy and I couldn't believe that anybody liked me. Like um one of my best friends, her name is Rachel. She invited me to go hang out with her and I dead ass was like, Why? Like, why do you wanna know? And she was like, You don't wanna come over and watch a movie? And I was like, Mm No. And she was like, Okay, well that's fine. Then she asked me again like three months later and I was like, yeah, okay. And over like the time she started showing me like pictures of her house, like pictures of her pets, and, like I guess trying to get me familiar with the with the environment. Um, and eventually I went over and hung out with her and now I go have family night with her and her family at their house every Monday without fail. Unless mm. something terrible is happening or we're like super busy. But I mean, slow burn, so afraid of everybody. And of course, back uh, back then, my DID was like especially unmanageable because my whole life was a wreck. So I was dissociating like every other week for something. Yeah. Like at the drop of a pin, something happened, boom, gone, out of it. Just like, um, so that really sucked uh, because I didn't know who to talk to about that. I didn't know how to explain the fact that I was one way one day and one day the next or why I didn't remember that conversation that we had a week ago. Or I don't know why I said that thing to you. I'm not mad at you. I don't know what you're talking about. Like I started having to talk about it, which I had kind of shoved down and not done. And then now it's like a PSA. Like when people meet me, I'm like, hi, my name is Chris. I have Tourette's. I'm queer as fuck. I have DID. My favorite color is blue. How are you today? (laughs) But like, it wasn't like that at all. I was like, um. They're like, I'm uh, rejecting you because your color is blue. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Out of all blue, blue, <laughs> like, God, man. <laughs> like I, I was literally like sitting there, like I, rem- I really do remember, like I was up at the ho- up at the host stand, and I was reading something, like off my phone, off a book, off a piece of paper, I don't know. And somebody walked up behind me, and was like, "Hey, Chris, how are you?" And I mean, and it was like the verge of a mental breakdown, and I was like, "I'm, o- I'm okay." And they were like, "Are you sure?" And I was like, "Yeah." I'm fine. Just didn't sleep well today. Mm. And that was literally like always the, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. I'm just tired. And then one day I dissociated so hard that my friend Kayla was like, Hey, um, and she told me about this. She tells me this story all the time that she was like, Hey, I know that Chris has DID and I know that you're not acting like Chris. You're going to tell me who you are. And whoever was out was like, Mm-mm, no, no, I'm not doing that. I don't get close to people. No, fuck it. Get out of my face. And she was like, okay, I'm going to follow you. And she literally followed whoever it was around the store and kept bothering her and kept having conversations with that person like it was me. And at the end of the day, my altar finally told her whoever, whoever it was. And she was like, see, was that so hard? Nice to meet you. <laughs> and then every day after that, Kaylee would be like, so who are we today? So who are we today? And I slowly was like, you're you're not punking me like you you care you're not mocking me and now i just i don't know kayla actually has saved my life like without her being there to support me and like love me and all those pieces um and believe me also (laughs) um as people usually don't um yeah she was a her and rachel were really big milestones in me deciding that i didn't want to be 
scared 17 year old Chris who's afraid of everything anymore that I wanted to be whoever I was going to be. And uh, here we are. Power, power of love. <laughs> yeah, 1000% <laughs> love and acceptance. And my friend Chris, who is Rachel's husband, mm -hmm. um, Chris and Rachel and Kayla and all those people that took a chance to not just love me and know me, but believe me and like listen, genuinely yeah. listen. Yeah. But yeah. it's hard. Like sometimes I still get to that thought process where I'm like, is this too much? Like what, what happens whenever it is too much? Like what happens if this book takes off and then people find the podcast and they hear me talk about like my DID and they don't believe me. Like, what do they think I'm lying? I'm not a liar. Like, I get in my head so bad. And I'm like, maybe I should just stop. Like I literally like implode on myself. Right. And I'm like, no, I'm not going back in the box. I'm, J I'm Jesse from Toy Story. I'm not going back in the box. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> I don't right. want to be in the box. I know. It's. I know. There's definitely like certain things. Like, I think about that too. Like, if the podcast like really blew up and people are watching episodes and they're getting offended by this, or, or like, why did you say that about me and stuff like, you know, or whatever. And it's just like, I don't know. I guess it's just where I'm coming from. I guess, but like, it's my life and it's my story, and even the parts of it that aren't pretty are important. Yeah. And it's like, it's just, it is what it is. Like you, you live through, I think one of the reasons we connect is because we, we went through a similar thing. Like it was different things that happened to us, Yeah. but it, it, it but the, a lot of the results or, or I'm trying to think of a way to put it. it basically like, it was like similar as far as like not being accepted, not really knowing who you are, just kind of being squashed down and. You're not a person. Different book, same genre. <laughs> Different books. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, I, I think about, I um, yeah, because I was thinking about. I'm a big fan of like the Walking Dead, um, the books. Not not so much the series as much. But, yeah. But in the in the books, um, you have this main character Rick Grimes, who's, you know, he's like this cop. He he uh, he's like the leader he's going through the zombie apocalypse or whatever. Right. And he has this son, Carl. And in the books, Carl is so young that he doesn't really like remember too much of life before the zombie apocalypse. And so for him, it's a whole different perspective than his dad. It doesn't make it like wrong necessarily, but it's a whole different thing. So like Carl is like way less terrified of zombies, for example, because zombies have always been there. Or, like, he'll be in situations where, you know, Rick sees him and he's just like, what are you doing? You don't do mm -hmm. that. And Carl is just like, I, I don't understand. Like, like, like one example was, like, um, there was, like, a person that the group was trying to decide um, what should they do with this person. Because the person was clearly, like, a psycho. But it's, like, but they're trying to war between, like oh, but do we kill this person? Because mm -hmm. even though they might be a liability to us in the future, we still want to remain, retain our humanity. We don't want right. to, we don't want to lose our humanity. Carl just straight up killed the person like when everyone was asleep. And Rick was like, how could you do that? Like, I, how could you do that? And Carl was just like, he was, 
it was a threat. I, I don't understand. Like I don't understand why you're debating. Yeah, because, because he, he grew up in survival mode. He grew up trying to make it. Exactly. Exactly. And the and the point of me telling that whole story is when our parents and other adults look at us, especially uh, years prior to where we are now, and we're able to be more communicative and open. That's where we were. We were Carl. We were in survival mode. We are, we are a product of that crazy upbringing that we have, and they don't understand it. They think like, but we did everything right though. Like we've done everything to protect this kid. We've done everything on paper to provide for this kid, the shelter, food, water, uh, two parent home, um, all this stuff. I don't understand why this kid is not like more open with us or more, you know, more emotionally uh, available and stuff like that. And it's like, you're only seeing the glass half full. You're not Mm -hmm. seeing the other part of it because I grew up in, I grew up in a different world than you. Like literally the difference between the zombie apocalypse and pre-zombies. It's a whole different world. That's where we're coming from. And so like they don't understand that. Like, okay. So like from their perspective, like say we're in the church and everything like that. Okay. We, you know what? We had more of a, what the, what the church would deem an ungodly childhood or ungodly upbringing. And because it was ungodly, we suffered through some things, you know, like say in my dad's example, like, you know, I had to suffer through some things. If only, you know, maybe my mother or other people in my life had submitted to Jesus and done these steps and stuff like that, things would have been better. And to a degree, perhaps, yes, you know, perhaps, yeah, who's to say, but so they're coming at from that perspective. We lived a crappy life, so we're gonna we're gonna make sure that this kid has all the godly principles, all the biblical things. And I'm and again, I'm talking from a strict biblical mm-hmm. standard. Um, you know, we're gonna make sure this kid is under this umbrella. But there's consequences on both sides. So what did I? So what did I learn from all that? Did I learn how to on paper be a quote unquote like better person? Sure, I was well mannered uh well dressed very respectful i was mature beyond my years by most accounts i wasn't like out there quote unquote fooling around or i wasn't out there being a bad kid i was golden child people probably compared their kids to me stuff like that all that good stuff right but on the inside <laughs> on the inside i'm pretty much dead because to, for me, it was like, if I am not this person, I'm going to hell. If I'm not this person, I'm going to be disciplined. If I'm mm-hmm. not this person, here are the negative things that are going to happen to me. Right, I'm not likewise. me. I am who everyone wants me to be. So I don't burn in an eternal hellfire forever. And so mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who, what I want or what I think about myself or even how I feel about a situation. That does not matter. I need to die. You know, and so, and there were a lot of times where it was like, I don't get the point of this existence. Like, if it wasn't for the fact that everyone's telling me if I commit suicide, I'm going to hell. Like, I would have committed suicide a long time ago. Oh, there's the statement. That's it. That's it right there. Long time ago. 
because it was like, I'm not living the life I want to live. I'm not alive. I am literally dead. I am everyone. Look, I am a mirror. I am exactly whoever you want me to be. That's who I am. And so, yeah, I would have done it a long time ago, hands down. Likewise. And, and so knowing that, now that I'm like actually trying trying to live the life that I want to live, and I actually want to live. Like I've wanted to only live for the past like three or four years. Like before that, I'm talking, I was married, you know, had kids. And there were still times I wanted to commit suicide because I still couldn't get past this person that was not me. I, I couldn't, I didn't know how to break out of that shell. I didn't know how to make even any cracks in it. And, and, and it was just like, not to get super dark, but like, it's like, like there were times, especially in, there was this one real big part of depression. And again, I'm married with kids at th this point too. Like there was a point and I, <laughs> uh, part of me is like afraid to say this because again, I'm like, oh, people are going to watch this and stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? This is good. Cause maybe my kids will get older and they're going through something and they'll be like, you know, I'll maybe I'll learn from whatever. Okay. So yeah, there was a point where I was like really close. I was really like, I was literally entertaining how to do it. Um, like I was looking up different ways to do it, which it's not painless. I, I, I pretty much had decided um, how I was going to do it. And I was just basically waiting for the right time. And I was like, behind the scenes, I was like trying to make sure that everyone else in my life was good to go. Like, even when I'm thinking of killing myself, I'm still too worried about everyone else. You know, like I was like, the reason I can't do it, ultimately I didn't do it because I was like, it's going to hurt them too much. Unless I can make it look like an accident, it's the only way. Because at least if it's an accident, they're going to be like, oh, he was gone too soon or something like that. But if it's not an accident and I couldn't figure out exactly how to make it not look like an accident, besides like running my car through a tree. But then I had to, I was going through the logistics of like, how do you what make I, that not look? What if I survive, right? Yeah. What if I survive, then I make it worse. Uh, I have to make sure I choose like a time when it's like the roads are slick. So maybe like there's so many variables that, you know, it was just like, okay, I, I can't do this. But again, I was so worried about like, okay, is my kids going to be okay? I started writing like journal entries about like, Hey, you're, you're, you know, you're a teenager now and you might be going through this. Like, here's how you, so like they, they, they're, it lessens the impact of like, oh, I grew up without a, my dad and I'm, I wish he was here to talk to me as a teenager. Like that's how much pain um, I was in. And I was just like, if I'm in this much pain, like, it's like, I'm either, I'm either going to take my life or I got to change things. And that's why, and that's why. Um, get busy living or get busy dying. Yeah. You know, I really wish I'd known you then. <laughs> it was rough, but, but I mean, but I, you know, thank, thankfully my wife is awesome. And she, you know, you know, I told, I don't, and again, I don't like to burden her with stuff. Like if I'm feeling a certain way, but at that point I was like, I was like, I got to talk to you. Like, 
you know i wouldn't like just come to you with this if it wasn't serious like this is like it's bad you know and and again it's not even like on paper everything is like things aren't even bad things aren't even that's the crazy part things aren't even on paper bad it'd be like anyone like if i had gone through with it and it wasn't didn't look like an accident people would have been like like what the heck like why like why like things were going well like i don't i don't understand like he's he was like full-time author he had kids he was you know he's happily married and that I, I don't get it and it's like if you don't love yourself then <laughs> how can you how can you live you know and so um i don't know i don't know you, no, you're oh, you okay. go first i get i'm like Ugh. you're okay First off, I love you. I support you. I'm here for you. I'm really proud of you for sticking with us. Thank you. Um, I think I've told you that I had a really similar experience. Um, when my when my husband left me, mm -hmm. uh, because because the, the way that it happened, like had it not happened the way that it happened, like it might not have damaged me so badly. Um, but the way that it happened, like the rug was just yanked out from underneath me and it was just all of these things like crashing around me. And, um, I got to a point where I was like that. And the thing that you said about like, <laughs> you had to make sure everybody else was okay first. Um, there is this poem and I don't, I don't remember Neil something. He has a stutter and he leads it with, uh, my friend Joey always said that he wanted to kill himself, but it was never the right time. There were always bills to pay or shopping lists to make or people to go see. Mm. And that was literally like, I have said that so many times that I would kill myself, but it's just never the right time. Like, um, I have a friend who's really going through something right now. I don't want to make it worse on her. Or um, I really want to read this book that's coming out soon. I, I, I have to know how the series ends or or well, but Charles, you know, and it was always, it wasn't even for my own personal, I under, I didn't value my own life. Like I, for as far as I was concerned, I was already gone. I was just like, I just don't want to, to make everything else worse for everybody else because I'm still trying to do something for me. Yeah. Like how, like, like good God. <laughs> um, and it boiled down to Chris and Rachel uh, have a daughter and I didn't want, because Jordan is the closest thing that I might ever have to children. Um, and I didn't want even for a second to think that I had caused her so much pain that she would be crying over, over me. Um, not over something that I had said, like if well, we've gotten into little scuffles, you know, and I'm her godmom, I'm going to have to be stern with her at some point. She's not always going to like me. But I never want for her to be on her knees sobbing because of me. Um, so in, in lieu of 2019 going into 2020, I have, I have a planner and I started writing one reason down every day in my planner that I wanted to stay, not even that I wanted to stay alive. It was that I didn't want to die. Yeah. Not that I wanted to live, that I didn't want to die, which, right. you know, are very different things. 
Right. Um, and one of them was was uh, you got to give Jordan her Christmas present because my life fell apart right before Christmas in 2019, and I didn't give her her Christmas present. Um, and then um, it was well, my friend's going through something right now. Uh, my cat has a vet appointment. Um, Charles, like literally every day it was something so, so small. Um, and then I think the biggest one came when my friend Kristen got pregnant and I was like, I'm going to be there yeah. for that. I'm not going to, what if she needs me? What if, what if she just wants somebody to talk to? Like, what if I can't leave her right now? So that became a thing was waiting to meet Ben. Um, but now Ben's here and I can't go anywhere. <laughs> um, now I have this book coming out on the 15th. Like that yeah, would be really you... dumb. I got to write. The <laughs> you have a, you have a podcast every Monday. I have a one, podcast yeah. on every Monday. Yeah. Like I'm not Quentin's best friend yet. I have a goal to meet. Oh, like, <laughs> Like I got some, I've, I've never met your kids in person. I got to keep going mm. like little things that make you not want to die. Not necessarily that you want to live, but that you, if you die, you're not going to get to do those things. Right. And even if they're really small, it's, it is something worth living for and something worth fighting for. Right. Um, cause I, I get real bad off sometimes still. And I still do that where I make a reason every day because um, sometimes you just need to. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I have I have goals. I have goals I got to meet. I got people I got to meet and I got people that I can't let down like that. And I'll be damned at this point if I have been through all of the things I have been through in my life and none of that shit took me out and I take me out. No, we're not. <laughs> we're not doing that. I know. I know, I know that it's like you hit that point too. I feel, I feel like I'm out of spite. You're like, no, yeah, yeah, I will no, not. <laughs> exactly. And I know now, now more and more, I'm becoming more apolog unapologetic about living the life that I want to, and I love it. I'm getting the person that I am now is getting stronger at speaking their mind because I'm like, okay, like I like that. I like that experience or I liked what I said. Like I, I, I like this person so much more. I'd want to know more about him, you know? And, and, and so like, like for example, um, one example is like my mother-in-law watches our podcast. Right. And, and so the first time she told me she watched like the first episode and we're talking about like hiccups and all this stuff. And she's, I was like, Oh, Oh God. Like, oh, why no. are you watching this? <laughs> like, um, Why was, are you listening to me ask if we hiccup during sex? What that sensation is like? Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, I, I turned to her and I was like, "Well, you know, just a reminder, it is our our mature show, like you know, <laughs> just where anything is off limits." But just the fact that I can still speak my mind, knowing that she might be watching this at some point or watching a different episode, is astronomical. The change between yeah. where I'm at now and where I was even when I knew her like years mm -hmm. ago, you know, it's like, and, and, and the crazy thing is she tells me this 
and I'm still I'm still doing the podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm still being me, and that's so liberating. I mean, also, she gets to listen to that half an hour, a couple episodes back. We just dote about her daughter for like over (laughs) for like forty five minutes. So, like, that's gonna make her feel good. (laughs) She's gonna be like, "Hey, all right, cool." All right, all right. He actually really loves it. All right, cool. But yeah, you get the. But yeah, you get. I guess, and I guess that that's every human being. Like, you get the good, the bad, in between. Mm -hmm. But it's. I have for I have forbade my aunt, who is my only living family, to watch my podcast forbade it i'm like don't you buy don't you buy my book you can talk about it you can yeah. like share the link on your facebook page don't buy it don't buy it don't read, read it. it put it down don't watch um it. nope but i i literally read uh like one of the first sex scenes in shadows wake the other day and i was like people are gonna read that <laughs> people are gonna know that i wrote that people have people read are gonna, it <laughs> 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 like, like, this, I'm like don't read it um, don't watch the podcast, support me, like share the link and be like, my niece has this podcast or right. my niece wrote this book, but don't open it. Keep right. going. Support, love me from afar. <laughs> I do right. not want her apostolic opinions on me being ground up and put into oh. a dildo is whenever I am no oh. longer a person. Oh, no, oh, oh, I'm sure. It. I'm sure everyone, almost everyone that I grew up in that church with, I'm sure has unfollowed me or unfriended me or at least ignore <laughs> me by now. Right. At the very least, they're like, okay, I watched five minutes and I'm done. And, right. Or, and the, this or is... God forbid, Spell, Spice, and Everything Nice, which is hosted by Daisy Show, who's a member of Fantasy World. God yep. forbid nice anybody plug. witness any of that. Like, good God, I like <laughs> spilled my gushy, ooey secrets out to Daisy in a live forum. So, oh my like, God. <laughs> <laughs> what did she say about monsters? What did she say about werewolf penis? I'm confused. Like, good God. <laughs> like, no, Grandma, please. I don't, <laughs> please, please log don't out. Please Abuela, don't no. Please. But it's like I don't know. It's and that's the thing. Like if someone is like, I don't want to hear about that, and they genuinely don't, then it's like okay, then don't. Then don't just hit the exit little square on the top right hand of the corner there. Yeah, I take the X. I take the I take the the Michael Jordan approach back when he was like huge, and they were like, yeah, why aren't you doing like more for this community or that or whatever? And he's just like. I'm just not into it. And then they're like, shouldn't you be more like a, you're a role model. You have a big platform. He's like, I, I must not be your, your role model then. Right. Like I'm somebody's, but based on what I'm doing, I guess I'm not yours. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> that's where I take it. It's like, listen, if you like the stuff that me and Chris are saying, awesome. Keep tuning in. If you're like, Oh man, they suck or something. I don't know. Then find another you have your people, you know. Man, their hair somewhere. is stupid. Your fucking beard's weird. I don't like it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> brush. Brush. <laughs> Stop yelling at the mic. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, no, I, I, I personally love uh doing podcasting now. I didn't I didn't think I would. I honestly didn't. But I love it. it it's almost it's therapeutic in a little bit of a sense as well. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's just like it's helping. It's helping a lot. A lot of things are helping me get away from that burden of high expectations, you know, where people just like, they want you to live a certain way. And you're just like that. I'm sorry. I wish I could, but I'm not you, you know, I'm not, I'm sorry. You know, the first time that I ever uh, talked to you, like and physically saw your face, I was like, mm, there's a lot going on back there. 
Because you're just like super bubbly and very open. And the yeah. second that I like, I think we were video chatting for my interview for Fantasy World. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's something about this guy. You you have a story. You have an actual <laughs> story. You have a story. Like, it's it's not just hi, I'm Julius St. Clair, the CEO and founder of Fantasy World. I'm like, nah, uh huh. Okay, but who hurt you? But who that, hurt you? <laughs> that's wonderful and all, but you give me a hug. Yeah. First off, you need a hug. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, um, I'm 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 proud of you and thank you for hanging out and hanging on there. I'm sure that I don't know. I'm just really proud of you. It's really hard for men to talk about their mental health, especially black men. And yeah. for you to go, I don't know, for you to have just like broke down and got so raw with me. I'm just really, really, really proud of you. You're doing a really good job, honey. I'm glad you're here. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad to be here, too. I'm glad you're here. You went through so much craziness. More, I would argue more <laughs> craziness than I did. So six, six inches of water or six feet of water. Mm. We're still dead. That's true. That's true. And it's and and I don't know. It's it's like going back to how like people process the world and stuff too. Some people might who know us or whatever might be like, I grew up in a similar thing, or I saw I witnessed Chris's upbringing, or even or even someone like say like my sister. So I have a sister. Um, okay yeah like my sister might be like i grew up in the same household or something and like maybe and i saw things differently or she's still in she's still all up in the church and stuff which is fine um but it's like again everyone processes differently everyone like goes through things differently like i know in my case um you know i i was all in like whatever the church was teaching i was all in like I was like all, all in, all in, like, and there were so many in the church from what I could see that weren't all in because just mm-hmm. of the actions that were against the antithesis of what the Bible was saying. Right. You know, like, <laughs> oh, I'm just going to say it. All right. Like I was a virgin till marriage. That's wow. how all that's how all in I was. Okay. Yeah. All in. That, exactly. Your reaction is what I'm saying. Like I love how that, many though. people how many people though like can say that though that are right. that aren't even in the church. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's how that that is like one of the few ways like I was in. <laughs> I was in. I- I think it's blasphemic to say balls deep, so we're not going to do that. <laughs> so, but you were thinking it. You can't tell me you weren't thinking it. I was it. thinking it. I was like, I don't know if I, I don't say know it. if that's appropriate. I was, I was like, how do you cross yourself? Like, I'm like, after, after the second all in, I yeah, was like, he wants to say balls deep. He wants not doing to it. Say <laughs> yeah, I can I, see it in your eyes. Yeah. You were like balls deep. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. And so, you know, that's why like but but that but then at the same time, a lot of people, a lot I can't even stress how many, 90 something percent of my peers, <laughs> I don't the cat. 90% <laughs> of like my peers in the church were clearly doing things that 
were not no, 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 that no, no, God no. would have been like hellfire. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I was just like, I don't like, I don't get it guys. Like, don't you know you're going to hell? You know what I mean? Like, right. I was just like, don't you know that? Yeah. Like I remember me and um, my wife, back back when we were dating which even then you know dating yeah we like, talked about that yeah but we were we were we were like oh i don't even know if we should be holding hands you know i don't you know like it was just so hardcore and my super fundamental about this church when it was the 90s <laughs> <laughs> we weren't allowed oh, to hold hands because you were holding hands with somebody's future spouse right right <laughs> christian side hugs <laughs> don't want to hug in front because jesus is in the middle now like <laughs> yeah so like but yeah so so be, you know being that all in <laughs> <laughs> Being that all in, obviously, the, the you know, I was dead serious about that stuff. And so, you know, again, plays into the whole, like, I was not me. I have I have two tangents. Um, they're not really tangents, but one of one of them kind of is because it was a minute ago. I'm going to come back into what we're talking about right now. Gotcha. So how you said siblings have different experiences. Yep. So I am my parents' only child. Like my mom and my dad had one child and that was me. Okay. Mm-hmm. My dad has at least that. Okay. I know six other children. I am aware that the number is much, much higher. That's up with the teens, but people Whoa. that I like, I know there are six. So I make seven. Wow. Um, I'm the youngest. My older sister who I referenced earlier, whenever I said that, she was being partially raised by my mom and my dad. So like her stepmom and her dad. Mm-hmm. So recently her and I, and I don't even care if she hears this, like this is okay. Um, th- this is how over and I am. Uh, so recently her and I have gotten into an argument because I have started getting back into my Hispanic roots and I made an ofrenda last year and had uh, things that I had offered up to people that I loved. I did mine a little bit differently because that's just the way that I am as a person. I had to make it weird. Um, and she had commented and gotten really upset that I didn't do anything to honor my father whenever he's the reason I am Hispanic. Um, so her and I got into this big, huge argument. And she was like, I just don't know why you would disrespect him like that. I'm like, because he wasn't that person for me. Right. Like, the dad that you got was not the dad that I got. Right. I had an abusive, manipulative monster who literally abused me in every single way possible. Physically, mentally, emotionally, sexually. I literally have DID because of the torment my dad put me through as a child. Learned all of this through therapy because I have repressed it all. Well, I knew that he hit me when I was in high school, but I didn't know that he had molested me whenever I was a child. Mm. And I had just like shoved that so far down in my psyche that I didn't even know about it until therapy and it wrecked me. Um, So like the person that was your dad was not my dad. I don't even call my dad my dad. Like whenever I'm referring to him to other people, I do it out of the sake of familiarity. Right. I usually just call him by his name. Yeah. Like if I see his name on something, I scribble it out. If there are pictures of him in notebooks, I take them out and I hide them somewhere because that person did not raise me. 
I had a monster. Like, people were afraid of the monster in your closet. I was afraid of the monster in the other room. I slept facing the door so that I could see him come in. Mm. Okay? So, like, her and I got into this big, huge argument. I lit her ass up in the DM that she still hasn't gotten back to me. Because she still, I don't know if that's the first time she's ever heard that story. Or if, or maybe I was too harsh. I don't really care if I was. But, like, your experience was not mine. Yes. Just just wasn't. And I'm sorry that's the way that it is. But, like, I was raised by someone that you never met. I never met the dad that you had. I'm sure that he was great. I didn't have that. Right. And that's just something that you have to accept. Yep. Sliding off that back into the current conversation we were just having. So um, we have already established a big, dark, scary world. Um, I had been sexually abused by like three different people by the time that I was like 15, 16. Um, Maybe, maybe more than three. I really can't give you a timeline right now. I have to sit down and chart it out. Um, And I was really, really protective over my own virginity willingly. Like, I was like, I know that I'm not a virgin anymore. Like, that's just something that I have to deal with. But if I'm going to ever have sex with someone again, I want it to be on my terms. So I had, like, branded myself a born-again virgin. I had never lost my willing virginity. I was going to find someone that I loved and married them. And then I was going to lose my virginity to my husband. Mm -hmm. That had been my plan. Um, My high school boyfriend was very persistent and whenever i tell you that every single way that i could have not had had sex with him to make him happy that's what i did i was like well i'm not having sex with him so it's okay yeah like i tried to like bend the rules in my head to like make it make sense for me to make it make me feel better and he just wouldn't stop and he wouldn't stop and he wouldn't stop so eventually i was like well we've been together for three years and he loves me and even though he's and looking back on it now i'm like he was abusing you and cheating on you and manipulating you and gaslighting you but it's okay um eventually i did like give in and we had sex and whenever i tell you after he went home i literally laid on the floor and cried because i had been wanting that to be something for my husband so bad and also i was like well now god will god's going to be even more upset with me because, like, I'm already not an actual virgin, and now I just, now, well, fuck. You know, like, <laughs> like, no, like no matter what, I was just like, I don't, <laughs> right. like, if I don't have sex with him, he's going to treat me more like shit. He's just going to keep on at me, and he would be like, oh, well, you know, all my friends and their girlfriends <clears throat> are, like, having sex, and, like, all you do is suck it. Like, you could just, like, do it, and I'm just like, but I don't, I don't want to. And you don't right. even like me that much, dude. Like, like you really don't even like me. <laughs> Oh. The water. He said, <laughs> I like, like I know that you don't like me, but whatever. Um, so that sucked. And then after we broke up, I was like, yo, I'm never, I'm just going to wait until I find the person that I marry. And then came the hoe phase. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> You're like, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Guess what? God still loves me, though. Right. Uh, this is uh. My super traumatic fundamental 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 church when it was the nineties. When it was the nineties. <laughs> super traumatic church when it was the two thousands. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh my god. 
I know. I, I just hope like whenever like people watch this, they just they just I don't know. Like more and more, they just realize like like you 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 gotta live for yourself. You have to. You really do. It's not worth it because I mean we're we're two people that are on here and like we we're still here, but there's so many that aren't. And, and that's so sad. And 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 there are so many that aren't like they're here physically, but they're still not here. You know? And that's that's so sad. Yeah, that's that's really sad. Like that's one of the fears I have like for my sons. I'm always observing. I'm always like <laughs> I'm always like, are they okay? Let me, mm, you know. The fact that you already do that, you're you're going, you are and are going to be such a good father, because like whenever they are younger, and because um, you know they're boys, and they're they're going to be taught, you know, not from you but from society to to choke down those feelings and just be a man, and you already are are setting a stage for them to be comfortable and vulnerable and then with nobody else at least with you and your wife like your your sons can be like hey i had a really hard day today i'm really upset i want to talk about it and you will be the dad that sits down and you'll give them your whole attention and you're like okay let's talk about it right and for you to already be instilling in them that you are a safe place and a sturdy place and some place that they can go when all else fails you you have already like you are doing so much more good than you realize because they're also going to project that back in the world like whenever they are friends whenever they are uh if if they want to be if they want to be fathers if they want to be husbands if they want to be lovers if they want to be anything right. they're also going to be a reception and a place where they can be open for other people like you are setting the stage to make them good people and that's a huge huge thing and you need to give yourself way more credit you and your wife both yeah thank you <laughs> you're doing good you're doing good. <laughs> we're trying it's I'm those trying. little things yeah. because they're gonna they're gonna look at it like they're gonna look at you looking down at your youngest when he's really upset about something you can't express it but he's just like upset and you have to dissect why he's upset with him like if you continue to do that as he's growing one day he's going to see somebody else somebody that he loves really upset he's going to be like hey let's dissect that and and they're back full circle there's the legacy there is the piece of quentin breathing through his child right. to keep making this world a better place like you are doing so much more than you realize you are thank you i'm trying to I'm trying to stay strong <laughs> You don't have to be strong all the time. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I just, I mean, even even with them, you know, I'll talk to them about like, like you know, the like, they'll be like, say we're like praising like his his my eldest. Um, we're praising like the middle child and stuff, and the eldest is watching, and then I'll like explain to him like, oh, we're doing that because blah blah blah, and he needs it more because da 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 and whatever, and it's just like I don't know. I want them to be well-rounded people and stuff mm -hmm. because I know that, you know, um, you know, I'm still dealing with issues like the, it, it, it carries over. And I think like, I know people do that whole, like, 
whatever doesn't kill you make you stronger. I'm like, I don't, I, I honestly, need to be stronger. Yeah. No, I don't even know if I believe in that phrase anymore. It's almost like, no, it just, it just breaks you. Like, <laughs> it just like, I don't know if it makes you stronger. It makes you I, like, I saw this thing. It, it was that it was like a, like a thing on Facebook and then underneath it, it was like, um, yeah, all of the things that you went through as a child have made you who you are now. And the person commented and was like, okay, but I didn't need to be a strong person then. I needed to be a child. Yeah. Like, I didn't need to be a strong person when I was seven. I needed to be a child. Right. Right. Like, yeah. you have all these adults, all these broken adults carrying around the spirit of the broken children that they are. And we either are continuing to break other people around us because it's all we be, all we know, or we're doing what you're doing and putting our arms up and saying it's done, it stops with me, and that's it. Yes. Yep. Like you literally have like all like your kids behind you, and you're like, I'm done. Yeah. It's it's that's the end of it. That's it. It's, and that's the over. two roads that we these broken adults go down is we continue to break, or we say we're done yeah it stops with me and 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 it, it it's obviously not easy you know just based on all the Neither things we talked about easy. you got like a broken vase and shattered in all these little pieces and we're just we got the glue we're just slowly mm-hmm. <laughs> getting... just sweeping it up. i missed a piece over there now the cat took it shit <laughs> i know right? yeah it's a slow process it takes time pieces might fall apart again like oh i got this one side all darn it God, you know. it's all it leans to the left now yeah, because oh, all the glue is weighted over uh, yeah should i just make it back in the clay no it's too late to start over like oh. just we're just gonna we'll pour some resin on it and hope it holds yeah we'll do what we can meanwhile looking over at my child like oh that vase looks so nice like he's Look just at, at that the, pretty vase just at the pottery wheel you know mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, keep on going. Like, You're good. doing such a good job. I believe in you. I know. You're like, <laughs> look and at mine. It looks like shit. I know. Knowing kids. Ooh, yours look Fuck terrible, you. Papa. I know, I know, right? Fuck you, little shit. I know, right? <laughs> Ooh. Daddy, look what I made. You're like, wow, that's like sculpted by Adonis. And he's like, ah! like screaming at yours because it looks like shit and you're like stop it i'll never give you a compliment go away it looks sad. like if i touch it no don't even don't <laughs> no, stop it'll shatter don't touch it please don't it's fragile it's fragile it's fragile <laughs> please don't touch that vase your grandfather's ashes are in there please please i don't <laughs> It's like it's like All oppression and, yeah. and abuse. <laughs> Don't touch it. The ancestors are in there. Yeah, please. <laughs> you have it's your like own base Mul- without the influence of the ancestors. Without it's the like ashes. that scene of Mulan, wherever like Mushu's like, "Come on, everybody, wake up! Let's go! Come on!" Like all, yeah. the, all the ancestors <laughs> all of them just start come out. spilling out. Who broke our vase? <laughs> Why is he making his own vase? <laughs> Why is your kid not like? <laughs> <laughs> here let us help all the ancestors hands are just... no stay no! away from my son's face you're, you're like grabbing him running through the ancestors <laughs> dad wait i saw you know we can't go back great grandpa in a headlocks no stay away <laughs> stay away from... you have cousin george the batista bombing cousin george into the ground keep going bad son. influence bad influence <laughs> 
<laughs> Keep going, son. Make your face. I'll hold them off as much as possible. But he's doing it wrong. He needs to add a little bird on the top. No, like, stop. No. Right, no. <laughs> Dad, not... is that you? <laughs> <laughs> he needs to paint it. It's it's clay. Like <laughs> it's clay, Nana. Stop. <laughs> it's still wet. You can't paint it anyway. <laughs> no, no. Oh, my God, man. See, it's bad advice. I'm telling you. <laughs> The visual of that was really cute. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I actually really like that visual. I, That's a sounds cool like visual. a Disney movie. That's a something. book. Yeah, I know, right? Little short story, perhaps. Cute. Children's book. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh my gosh. We, yeah. Healing, healing, healing. That's what it's all about. I know it was. It was so weird too, because even when um uh because i'm i'm like the type of person that needs to like talk out their thoughts and stuff like mm -hmm. that and so growing up it was kind of like eh, like not really listen to what you have to say kind of right. thing like on all sides you know like everywhere nobody wants to hear you and so I'd, i was quiet kid you know i was pretty quiet like if anyone thinks about like like honestly anyone who's listening to this that knows me like think think did i talk a lot as a kid just ask yourself that question Right. And so when I when I met my wife and especially when I got more in college, it was like I didn't even know how to really talk. It was like I would be like rambling and like da -da 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 -da. right. And I'd be like, wait, what was my point? And then <laughs> this is why I was always a better writer than a than a talker. Yeah. Because uh, writing I could actually get it out. Um, no one had to hear my voice. But you know, then it's like eventually, okay, I can I'm can speak a little better. I still kind of that's all a side effect of not speaking as a right. child, you know. I over talked as a kid. I either wouldn't talk enough or over talked. I told uh, I told you that I have a speech impediment and when I was younger it was really bad. Mm -hmm. Um so I would either over talk trying to get my point across because people couldn't understand me, or I wouldn't talk enough. And people were like, oh, my God, like when you kids are kids can be like, I don't want to say kids can be cruel because that was what I was told so much as a child. But like the, it was another level, I feel like for me, um, everything and anything that you could have made fun of about a person was was latched onto and used. Uh, and like it's like like. I was overshare because I wanted to make friends and I was lonely. Like I was the only child to older parents. I didn't have any cousins or siblings around me. So I had nobody to play with and nobody to like hang out with or talk to except for myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember uh, I was talking to somebody one time and they, they were like, you don't ever shut up, do you? And I was like, yeah. Mm. And I, I, I was so mindful of how much that I talked after that because I realized that I talked too much and I was like a chronic overshare. And I would have these thoughts and like ideas and uh, just it was just it was just wild. And I either over talked or didn't talk enough or was like almost bitchy and rude with people trying to get them just to leave me alone because what good was it to talk to people, you know? Yeah. yeah. So to anybody that I was mean to when I was younger, I'm sorry. I was trying to protect myself. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not that person anymore. We can reconnect. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> we can re just, just don't be a shit back to me because I'll be a shit to you. I promise.
Right. That's Chris for you. No, I'm playing. <laughs> no. I will match. I will match your energy all day, baby. Yeah, I know. Isn't that the thing now? It's like matching that energy. That's what it's all about. You vibe with your tribe. <laughs> oh. Like my bisexual hand movements, I always do. I'm like, is that what that is? My Wait. bisexual hand movements. <laughs> Wait, is that is that actual? Uh, no. Like, there's this like ongoing meme about like bisexuals and pansexual people, and they're always like, oh, really? Like always, like moving their hands. Oh, okay. And very I like thought you were like aloha or, or mahalo. No, or whatever I'm trying it to. Is. I used to know American Sign Language. I used to be able to do that, but it's been absorbed in the nope zone. So now I know like basics. I would love to learn sign language. Oh my god, that would be great. You're just in a. You're just. <laughs> you're just like across the table from someone at dinner, and you're. Just, like how, and they're great, just... how great would it be to like? You're you're out with a friend, and that's like your code for uncomfortable. Is you start like doing sign language, and that's like, oh, they, we gotta go. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Doing whole messages, like let's get out. That sounds good. Yeah. What was that? I don't remember. This one is thank you. Oh. Or maybe it's hello. Oh my god, it's so it's something like it's not bad. And I only, this I only is knew something. Like a little, I think but I don't remember what it is. Was this? What was this? Water? I used to know no. the whole thing, but I don't know anymore. I know we I know we taught our kids a little bit of sign language when they were little, like before they mm -hmm. could speak, which is super like, cute. I, love you, I think they, they would, you know, they'd be like, you know, or, yeah. or like water uh -huh. or, or something, something. I I forgot it because it's been years, but something with right. pop, Papa, Mama, something. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, oh, it's so cute. He's trying to communicate. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> He can't speak, but he can still communicate. He wants water. It's so cute. <laughs> it is like, can I? It's like, oh, okay, I'll get your water. I'm sorry. To... You're like I'm over just... there sobbing. It's so cute. And he's like, <laughs> I know. Can I? <sighs> this guy. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, he knows that sign, Louis. Yeah, he knows what that is. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> I know. He's like, he's like, no, 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 where'd you learn that? Where'd you learn where'd you learn that? Hey, I never taught you that. Who did that? <laughs> He's like, well, oh He's like <laughs> Bring it. Get get I need liquid. Get a step into the <laughs> get a step into the kitchen. Yeah. Fire. Yeah. The, the sign language the people that know sign language right now are like, oh my God, like these guys. <laughs> they did terrible. What I are I appreciate your effort, but y'all politely fuck off. Like, stop. I know, polite. I know. What did you all, say about my mom? Like, don't make so offended. We're over oh here, God. like, maybe it's this. And it's like, you said what? Have you have you ever seen the um uh the sign language interpreters at like rap concerts? They're it's amazing. And they're like into it too. They're like, yeet. Like, they're just... Yeah, it was like it was like Eminem's uh rap god, the part where yes. he's like some of them she and was like, like Yeah, she was like doing her thing, and then he was about to hit that part, and he's like, and she's this like This is thank you. I was right. <laughs> she thank was you. Like, oh, okay, that's thank you. <laughs> and she's like Yeah, and you're I was, like, ah! yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like hands she, don't move that fast. I was like, that lady is speaking in tongues with her hands. <laughs> she is <laughs> All of the people from your church are like. 
don't make light of this. I was like, <laughs> okay. Listen, we can have discussions. Don't be mad. Ooh. Don't be mad. That's the thing I'm learning about adults too. A lot of adults can't have discussions. I don't get it. I'm like, we're adults. Why can't we have a discussion? Why can't we talk? They're like, no, I'm right. You're wrong. I'm big. You're strong. And there's nothing you can do about it. I'm mistouchable. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> well, that's <gr> that's <laughs> the accent. That's great. <laughs> well, that's great and all, but you see, I have an opinion, and it might be wrong, but I still want for you to hear it. Yeah, it's telling someone I'm right, you're wrong. It's not a good way to get people to change their mind. No. That has that ever worked? Like it'd be like, all right, let's flip it. Let's flip it. All right. Hey, um, I'm right and you're wrong. What? You know, and they just change right. their mind. That's not gonna happen. Come on. Right. Get out of here. But yeah. Ugh. Emotional damage. So <laughs> emotional damage. <laughs> you got you gotta title that. That's what this video is called. It's emotional damage. damage. Emotional. Put a trigger warning on it. Yeah. Seriously. Talked yeah, about that, some heavy shit today. Yeah, that was uh that was probably the heaviest, I think. Yeah, that's the heaviest we've gone so far. Jeez. Oh, it's because we don't have an audience to lighten it up. Mm-hmm. Say silly things or right. We don't have Micah with her savage comebacks. <laughs> she is one of the most savage people I've ever known in my life. Like she's <laughs> her comments. Oh my god. Oh, I love her so much. Oh man. Well. I was about to say, does anyone in the chat have questions? <laughs> Nobody's in the chat. So, Icarus, you have anything you want to add? You're asleep. Okay. Wow. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, Remy, you have a question. Oh. <laughs> you had an opinion. I know. <laughs> when, are, when are you going to film my new uh, uh, exorcism movie? Because I'm trying to get famous. Oh, <laughs> right. You're right. We're, we're trying to get a priest that still does exorcisms these days. You know, right. So that happened to live in Kentucky. I don't know. They're, they're they have to be here. there. They're probably all here. Yeah, yeah. I was like, actually, yeah, they're probably there. That makes sense. Yeah. It's good stuff. <laughs> but anyway, um, thank you for the conversation. Thank you. And for any, anyone listening, please like, live your best life be yourself please like open up <sighs> don't keep yourself in don't do that don't do what quentin and i have done and wait until you are grown to start being a person that you want to be yeah I'll always be the person that you want to be exactly i promise it's worth it i promise you'll be happier people around you will be happier like your your circle you may lose people in the long run but it's yep. okay it's gonna hurt it's gonna I know it sucks, but then you view for the authentic version of yourself, and you won't be able to replicate those relationships with anyone or anywhere. I promise. Exactly. Um, if you're struggling, you know, with suicide or depression, please reach out to somebody. If it gets to a point that it gets too far, please get help. Um, if you're just trying to go through the motions, um, find something small each day to keep you going. And I promise it doesn't last forever. I know that's the worst cliche in the world and that you're so sick of hearing it because I, I get sick of hearing it. But just keep going through it. 
find somebody that will listen, somebody that will care and walk through it with you. And I promise it gets better. Mm. You will find days when you have so many reasons to keep living. You don't even think about it. I promise that you'll, you'll find it. You'll find it. You get busy living or you get busy dying, but make sure that it's the, make sure it's the latter. Well said. I, I've got nothing to say to that. Chris said it all perfect.